Hi there, this is Fiona from IELTSETC.com. On a Saturday when a lot of you have already taken the exam, please let us know how you got on, how you felt. Some people have shared a few questions today, so that's really helpful. Please do let us know if you could help us. Um, the first, apparently the general training question was something about you left something in a taxi and you want it back. <laughs> And the second question was about whether you should plan your free time activities, whether you would benefit from planning free time activities. Um, in the academic test, apparently, it was something about different types of water and there were three charts or pie charts. And that sounds really tricky. And then in the second part, task two, it was just whether the advantages of social media um, outweigh the disadvantages. So pretty straightforward there, nothing too tricky. So I'm going to go straight back to um, the reading that we started yesterday. Um, the reading yesterday was called Why Risks Can Go Wrong and it was all about a study into why um, risks do sometimes go wrong. And we were talking about how to match headings with paragraphs. And this particular text gave almost five paragraphs of reasons why risks go wrong. And to illustrate just how clear that is, um, after they've introduced the topic, the paragraph C starts with one common cause of problems is blah, blah, blah. Paragraph D says another source of wrong decisions is blah, blah, blah. Then paragraph E says, in addition, mistakes may arise due to blah, blah, blah. And then F says people also tend to blah, blah, blah. Um, so you could see it's just each paragraph has a reason why um, we are not good at making decisions. And yesterday we focused on one reason, which was being over optimistic and underestimating the challenges. The other thing was getting stuck on one number. So it was the power of the first number, like, for example, when you buy a house. But today we're looking at paragraphs E, F, G and H. And H, I didn't read this out, but it says finally. So H tells us, yes, that there's another reason. So I'm going to start with E and it says, in addition, mistakes may arise due to stubbornness. No one likes to abandon a cherished belief. And the earlier a decision has been taken, the harder it is to abandon it. So that is the first line or the first two lines. Um, and it tells us it's all about our, well, our um, dislike for changing our mind, basically. Um, and it gives a few examples then about drug companies might not f a cancel a, a research project which is failing um, because they can't admit that they've made a mistake. Um, so the, the heading for that is actually the difficulty of changing your mind. And the key word is in the first line. So the changing your mind and how difficult is it? It is uh, mistakes may arise due to stubbornness. That's it. So this is actually a quite nice text where you just look at the first line. This isn't always the case where it's 
so straightforward. Very often you have to read the whole paragraph and get the whole idea. But sometimes you get lucky. Paragraph F says people also tend to put a lot of emphasis on things they have seen and experienced themselves. That's it, basically. That is the first line and that will give you the answer. But I'm going to just explain a bit. For example, they give an example like in the previous paragraph. Somebody may buy an overvalued share because a relative has made thousands on it. Um, and then they talk about um, a large majority of both Americans and Europeans invest far too heavily in the shares of their home countries. So the title for this paragraph is Reluctance to go beyond beyond the familiar. So the key words, the familiar, comes in the first line, the things they have seen and experienced themselves. And the reluctance to go beyond this familiarity comes in the examples. So the examples there of Americans and Europeans only invest in the shares of their home countries because they don't want to risk going elsewhere. In paragraph G, um, it's not exactly in the first line, but... It, it it doesn't start immediately with the answer, but it says um, people spend too much time on small decisions and not enough on big ones. They need to adjust the balance. During the boom years, some companies put just as much effort into planning their office party as into considering strategic mergers. So in that first line, it says people spend proportionately too much time on small decisions and not enough on big ones. And the answer of the heading is not identifying the correct priorities. So the priorities there meaning what is important. And you could see in the paragraph it mentioned, you know, what is important is not planning your office party, but how much time you should put into other more important things like strategic mergers. Finally, paragraph H starts with finally, and it starts with an idiom. You know, we always say you shouldn't use idioms in uh, IELTS, but of course IELTS is a test of your general English and you will come across idioms. And this idiom actually gives you the answer. I don't know if you have the same idiom in your country, but we say don't cry over spilled milk. Of course, the idea being that it's too late. The milk is gone, so there's no point crying over it. And this is the first sentence, actually. It says, finally, crying over spilled milk is not just a waste of time. It often colours people's perceptions of the future. So they're just being negative about this idea of crying over what's done. What's done is done. Um, and the title for this paragraph is Why Looking Back is Unhelpful. Looking back comes from that idiom about crying over spilled milk. And then, of course, it's a waste of time. It's it's unhelpful to do this. Um, and it says, gives an example, some stock market investors trade far too frequently because they are chasing the returns on shares they wish they had bought earlier. 
So the language of regret there and why you shouldn't look back because um, you're wasting time doing this. So interesting also, people say, oh, never use idioms in academic writing in your task too. But actually, um, you know, if you use them accurately and they're not slang or they're not um, colloquialisms, then an idiom here or there can um, say exactly what you want to say, as, as it does in this, which is an academic piece of writing. So I kind of, my, my approach is never say never. So we've looked at paragraph matching in these last two podcasts, and we've looked at how sometimes the answer does come in the first line. And although the the thought of matching so many headings with so many um, examples and then three distractors is quite scary. Actually, when you break it down, it's pretty simple. So that's all from me on this topic today. Tomorrow we're going to use the same text, but we're going to look at multiple choice, A, B, C, D, and choosing um, one word answers. Thanks again for listening. I hope you're going to let us know how you got on in the exam today. Maybe tell us what the topic was in the reading or the listening if you want to. Um, So we will be there to support you. Thanks again then. Have a lovely weekend. Bye.